welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner and head of the abuse team at Hugh James Solicitors, and welcome to this podcast. I'm joined today by my colleague, Hannah Hodgson. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Hannah's a new member to the team here, and I'm pretty sure this is your first podcast. Yes, it is, Alan. It's my first one. So hopefully it goes well. (laughs) I'm sure it will. As always with these podcasts, before we get underway, I always remind everybody that the content of these podcasts can be sensitive, potentially upsetting, disturbing, because we're talking about child abuse and related issues. And at the best of times, that is not an easy subject to talk about. So if you think you may be troubled by the content of this podcast, now's the time to go off and do something else. Otherwise, please stay with us. And if you're staying with us, thank you. So this podcast is about Snapchat. And this was your idea, Hannah, to talk about Snapchat. And basically, you've decided, as I understand it, that we talk about Snapchat in this podcast because of reports revealing that the social media app Snapchat has become apparently, or so it is said, a haven and a key enabler for child sexual abuse, as many paedophiles are increasingly using the photo disappearing app as their chosen sexual exploitation tool. So with that introduction, which sounds rather daunting and heavy, I'm going to get you, Hannah, to explain in a little bit of detail what this app is all about. And also, if you don't mind explaining how it is being used or misused to exploit young people for sexual gratification. Yeah, so as you've mentioned, Alan, Snapchat has been reported to be allowing predators to exploit minors for their own sexual gratification. And I think really what the problem is with Snapchat is it's how the features of the app allow this to be done quite easily. We're talking about adults, we're talking about sex offenders or potential sex offenders using the Snapchat app somehow or other to seek out young people, children, for the sexual gratification of the abuser or the potential abuser. Yes, that's right. Um, Really, the app, since it was launched in 2011, it's become extremely popular, and in particular with children. Snapchat has 363 million daily active users worldwide. So it is one of the more popular apps. And it is, as I said, particularly loved by young children for having funny selfie features, different filters. And really, the main aspect of the app is it's automatically deleting messages feature. So this is really what has given rise to the increased grooming and trafficking opportunities. And many accuse the app of empowering sexual predators to engage in sexually abusing children with less fear of being caught, which is what is said to be encouraging offenders to use it. Okay, but in essence, what is Snapchat? 
Yeah, so Snapchat is a social media platform. So I think primarily it is a messaging app, but it has developed over time and it has got actually quite a lot of features now. So not only can you message, you can send photos and videos, voice notes, and really the main feature of Snapchat that makes it different to other social media platforms, as I've mentioned, is that the messages do disappear. So users can send photos and videos and and once they've been viewed once, they do disappear and can't be reseen. Right. So that's the, as I understand it from what you're saying, the attraction. So the offender can send an inappropriate message, photo, combination of the two, whatever, to a victim or a potential victim. And once it's sent, the job is done and the message then disappears. That's right. Yeah. So once you have sent um, a message or a photo or video, it does disappear. So it's, you know, easy to, you know, make children send things to them, photos and videos, because the child will believe that there is no way of recovering that content. Okay. So if a young person sends an image, say, of themselves, the attraction for the young person is is that they think that that's not going to have a consequence. Yeah, exactly. However, images actually, in fact, can be recovered and indecent content of children is actually making its way to other places such as the dark web. You also have the risk of photos being taken on other devices when it is received by the offenders. So really, that is the danger. Yeah, so the victim say a young person aged, I don't know, say 13 or 14, they think by sending, let us say, an image of themselves using Snapchat is safe and isn't going to have any consequences. But unbeknown to them, the recipient, the offender, could be copying that image onto some other device or mechanism. Exactly. exactly. So it isn't deleted. Exactly. So it's not really what Snapchat implies, because there are obviously ways of those images and videos um, finding finding their way elsewhere. Yeah. So in all innocence, the victim, say the 13 or 14 year old, is blindly assuming that they're in this sort of safe environment, sharing an image with somebody that they may or may not know. But of course, the reality is obviously very different. Yeah. Okay. So what do Snapchat say about all of this? Because I would imagine that Snapchat are horrified to think that their their app is being misused in this way. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of reports on this topic. And according to Forbes, Snapchat actually gave a response to them and said that they, you know, they do deeply care about protecting their community and they are sickened by any behaviour which involves the abuse of minors. They said that they work hard to detect, prevent and stop the abuse on the platform. Now, they do have a few safety features. So they, for example, have a family centre, which Snapchat says gives families um, an overview of children's activity on the app. However, given the nature of the messaging, as we've just said, Alan, um, it is actually hard to monitor the actual messages and the actual communication that has been sent and received. So although you can maybe see when they sent a message or to what account, it is actually quite hard really to discover the actual contents of the messaging. Okay. And what else are Snapchat doing or saying that they are going to do to try and 
combat this misuse. So Snapchat have also said that they will continue to proactively work with governments, law enforcement and other safety organisations to ensure that it does continue to be a positive and safe environment. One of the challenges is, as I see it, as we've discussed in other podcasts and we've seen in other contexts and forums, is that this sort of behaviour gets sort of normalised. iPhones are used for all different aspects of everyday life these days. And this misuse is sort of unintentionally possibly becoming seen as, well, not as misuse, it's seen as, as normal. You know, we've seen in sort of mainstream media stories, young people sexting and so on. And, you know, me looking in thinking, well, it's sort of blurring the issues, you know, which makes it very difficult to draw a line to say you do not go beyond that line, whether it's individuals or organisations. Yes, I definitely agree. I I do think it is almost normalising this sort of sexting activity. And according to the Times, police are actually investigating now three new cases a day of child abuse linked to Snapchat specifically. You'll often see as well, um, you know, it's not hard to come across on the internet, child sexual abuse offenders. It's been reported that they use Snapchat as their first sort of tool of communication to befriend children and basically groom them you know it's sort of becoming quite a popular enabler in that sense that you know the first sort of reach out of communication to children it's becoming quite a popular tool to use frightening as well as uh well it's disturbing at um every level so you know we've discussed in previous podcasts that the race to try and catch up with these developments, um, let alone trying to get one step ahead of these people who use or misuse rather a great invention. Social media sort of transformed our world and in so many positive ways. But you've then got this dreadful situation where these developments are being used for the worst possible reasons. Okay, any further thoughts? Yeah, I just think one um, further thing to mention is is one of the other features on the app, which is called Snap Maps. So again, this is like a unique feature to Snapchat that differentiates it from other social media platforms. And this feature allows users to see any other user's location, right down to what building they're in, you know, not just sort of general location, it actually pinpoints where they are in real time. And I think for obvious reasons, this is, again, a huge safety risk. I mean, Snapchat do give you the option to go on something called ghost mode, which does allow you to stop sharing your location. But I think if you have young children using the app, you know, it's questionable really how much that will actually be used. Yes, quite. You know, are they going to be thinking, oh, I've got to think about all these safety features if they're engrossed in some communication that they should not be engrossed in they're not going to be thinking about that are they sometimes people are even unaware of of these features Mm. and they might not even know that their location is being shown at that time and it's just really really dangerous i think it comes down to education 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 doesn't it i agree make sure that everyone understands you know and i think that's a, a big big ask but I think that's what we got to try and do you know if I just look at my iPhone in front of me now it's got so many features on it ones that I will probably never ever use I don't understand what they are let alone use them and you think you know where do you start you know it's such a sophisticated wonderful device 
But apart from using it for emails and, yeah, you know, and sending text messages and, all, you know, the everyday sort of stuff, you think, well, actually, what's, what, is, I agree. what is that? You know, I've got various apps that, on it that I haven't got a clue what they are there for, why they're there, what they do or whatever, you know. Um, I agree. You know, I'm sort of chuckling to myself thinking what an idiot I am for not knowing all these things. But the serious point is, I suspect I'm not alone. I suspect most people don't actually know what all the features are on their iPhone. And I think you find as apps develop and they try to compete with each other and become more modern, you do find that all these features are added and they just happen so quickly. And as you said, you're just completely unaware. Yeah. Anyway, so thanks, Hannah, for that. Very interesting. I'm sure it is a subject that we are bound to come to in a future podcast or two. So thanks for that. And as always, if there's any suggestions for future podcasts, please do tell us. We do welcome the feedback that we get. And if there's any issues or concerns arising from this podcast or any of the previous podcasts, please do contact us. Until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Hannah. Goodbye. Thanks for having me, Alan. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.